Thank you so much for listening to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Just wanted to give you a reminder that we are in partnership with the Bourbon and Blondes podcast. Bourbon and Blondes is a lifestyle brand for those who enjoy bourbon and whiskey, honest conversations, and empowering women to tell their truth. Bourbon and Blondes was created one night after a few too many whiskeys when they decided they were amazing and should start a podcast. That little idea has turned into this, and here they are. Please make sure that you are following Bourbon and Blondes on Facebook, Instagram, and you can find them on Spotify and iTunes. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down Disabled, salty, need an app to fix that frown <laughs> Well you can do all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line You're tuned in to Casually Molly with Molly and Bergie. All right, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. This is Molly. I uh, thank you for again listening. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, your Apple podcast app, and our host Podbean. But enough about me. I am really excited because Angela Smith is here. Hello. Hi. Hi. You know, this is like so official, but uh, Angela and I are just sitting here. She was very sweet and got me a uh, cup of coffee. So thank you. No problem. Angela. How's your morning been? What have you been casually up to? Other I have been than <laughs> buying me coffee. Uh, yeah, I've been casually buying you coffee, casually transferring money into your bank account as you demanded. I do. <laughs> yes. Casually picking up your dry cleaning. Just Molly seems really sweet, you guys, but she is actually a fierce ruler. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm a tyrant. We really are not. Oh, um, <laughs> I know. I uh, I have been casually laying in bed. Uh, my boyfriend and I went to a restaurant last night where they just keep bringing you meat on skewers and where is this place it's in the galleria oh interesting. and it is we refer to it as a meat parade because <laughs> they keep coming by and we went with my best friend and uh there was like a challenge of who could eat the most sliced meats charlie of course won oh yeah, of my course yeah. go charlie he, team charlie all the way uh but as soon as we got home i sat on the couch and passed out like in a meat coma <laughs> This was also the year where I was like, I'm going to be flexitarian. Like, I'm going to eat way less protein and meat. Like, and here uh, we are. And here we are. So today it's all chocolate and cookies. Oh, Because yes. there's not meat in those. Um, and, yeah. And flavored coffees. Oh, my God. So that's what I've been casually I am obsessed with that. I That was not the response that I was expecting. <laughs> but I'm like, I love it. I love you're like, Charlie won. However, I'm in a, Well, you know, 2020 is just right around the corner, Angela. So mm-hmm. if you decide that's your resolution. <laughs> yeah, and that might work. I don't know. He was. It was pretty funny to watch him. I don't think he had been to this meat parade place before. And he was looking around in a panic like more meat wasn't coming the whole time. I'm like, there's literally a queue of servers standing with different like pork and lamb shanks and <laughs> different cuts of beef waiting to get them onto your plate. And he's looking around. He's like flagging. He's like, you know, he might have well like snapped his fingers. I was, it was some Just flagging people down for he, some meat. Yeah, he had like. He was, like, resource guarding his plate. They tried to take his plate away. Like, he couldn't just go up to the buffet and get another plate. So he's a real treat to dine with at nice establishments. 
<laughs> well, I love because like Charlie's so fun and like outgoing and like his comedy is hilarious. Um, but it's it's hilarious to hear him. I'm like, this is what he takes very seriously. Yes. Is where is the meat? Yeah, where is <laughs> the meat? Going to nice places with him is like a reverse pretty woman. Where I'm like, <laughs> we have to take you to Coles. Okay, you have got to get a shirt without a stain on it. Stop. Yes. And we are going to make you into a proper society woman, so you can eat. At this Benihana, you know, like I can't just take common street trash into Hibachi Grill, okay? Oh, I love that status that you had up about Charlie. I know this just turned into the casually Charlie for a second, but <laughs> that's uh, all he wants. <laughs> all yeah. he wants. He's just like casually about me, and I'm not even there. But um, it was like so funny how you were. I don't know. You kind of related Charlie to like you know. I, he's he's good. He's very loyal, but yes. he thinks Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And Jimmy and I got in a fight about that too. Fight. In quotations and we were trying to decide he's like die hard is great but we ended up watching holiday in the wild with rob lowe that is a strange compromise that is like a <laughs> sharp left it was a die sharp hard. left aka i won i so. haven't watched that one yet but yeah i did i threatened to rehome charlie because he believes that die hard is a christmas movie and i get into this argument with people every All the time. single year like All there's the a difference between movies that are set during christmas and a christmas movie exactly sometimes hallmark can't even make that distinction like <laughs> They have yes. this whole movie about like a high school reunion and there's one Christmas tree in it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not a Christmas movie. This is a movie with, that takes place during Christmas. I couldn't agree more. So I agree with your passion. Um, for those of you who don't know, Angela Smith, she's, and not because you're just sitting in front of me. <laughs> I think you're a phenomenal comedian. I definitely look up to you when it comes to like growing up in the comedy world. And uh, what's kind of funny, we talk about how I met some of my guests that come on here and... The first time I ever met Angela, you know, we were talking earlier and she's like, no one ever says like I'm nice or something like I'm kind and generous, but you were really nice to me. It was uh, it was like a helium open mic one night and I was still very new to the St. Louis comedy scene. It was like maybe my third time ever at helium and Angela comes in and she's got like this cute blazer on and this like polka dot dress and she's got her little flats on and I'm like, maybe she came from work or something and I could tell like you were ready like... You're really taking, at least in what you could see, who knows, but you were really taking it seriously. Like you had your notebook out and you were looking at things and you were the last on the lineup. So I, I stayed because what else was I going to do on a Wednesday night? Right. And like, um, you went up last and I thought you were hilarious because you were talking about Applebee's and White Castle and like all of these things. <laughs> yes. And I was like, who is this? Like, she's awesome. And I'm like leaving and just putting my backpack on, just ready to go home. And I just hear this voice behind me. And she's like, hi, I'm Angela. Are you new or something? And I was so taken aback. I was like, oh my God, this cool girl. Like, it's like you were asking me <laughs> on a date. I was like, this cool girl's talking to me. Well, and I've never I don't been described as cool. <laughs> No one calls me nice. No one calls me cool. So I will just stay here forever. Just stay here That's forever. Fine. Just oh, adopt me as your pet. Oh, <laughs> done. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, Charlie needs a home. Angela needs yeah, a home. Everybody just get home over. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But you were, you were so nice. You were like, yeah, like, I, I don't even know what you said, but you were like, you should definitely keep doing comedy or something like one of, like something, one of those lines. And 
I was like, oh, thank you. And I so I hope to see you around. I was like, man, I probably looked so awkward just being like, well, thanks. Like, you were great. You know, how everybody's like, great set and all this stuff. I'm like, I don't even know if it sounded genuine. But like, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was really good. I, so, but you know, now, now here we are casually talking to each other with the coffee. Uh, what got you into comedy, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> the answer changes depending on which podcast I'm on and you listen to, but, um, <laughs> I started out in town with a group called Sketchpad. Um, it is now defunct, but it was run by this fantastic person, Jason Flam, who had um, just the fortitude to wrangle like 15 different writers every week we would meet and we would write sketches and put on sketch shows all over, all over here, like Grand Center. Like we were at the Marcel. We did it in some like loft building over on Locust. Like we just performed wherever we could find space. Yeah. Um, we actually, it was like one of the shows that never was, oh no, I, it was at the Heavy Anchor. I was like, maybe we weren't. Anyway, long way of saying, I started in sketch um, with a lot of uh, the improv community. So, I like that, yeah. Yeah, so some really great people. And then um, from that, a podcast spun off called Welcome Through Effingham, Ooh. which is still out there. And I encourage you to listen to it. We haven't done a season of it in it's probably two, three years now. But Jason would write it, and we would all contribute and have these meetings, and we all played different characters set in the town of Effingham, Illinois. And that was so much fun. So I love doing sketch. I love doing, like, the written, scripted podcast um, and living in that universe. And then from there, somehow I met Ella Fritz. Oh, you know, Ella somehow Fritz. in this uh, yes. community, you meet Ella Fritz. Yes, you and do. she is nice. Yes. Uh, I will say, like, she is just a little beam of sunshine, like mm -hmm. this erratic beam oh, of sunshine. she's had my back since day one. So thank you, Ella. I appreciate yeah. you. She <laughs> is a strobe light that will give you a seizure. And <laughs> she would love me describing her like that. But I don't remember, like, how... Oh, we met doing a, a sketch. It was called Something Sketchy. And that was at um, Off-Broadway. It was the it was a six-hour sketch show. I, Stop. I kid six you hours? not. Six hours? Oh, they my They let all these different teams compete and it was crazy. Like they didn't time it right. It was not. It was still. It was a bonkers night. It was fun, but it was a long night. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, Six hours. Yeah, yeah, pretty long. <laughs> so from sketch and podcasting and stuff, you just start to meet um, stand ups, and you're like, well, sure. maybe, maybe I'll give it a try. I'd always wanted to try it. I'd always wanted, like, you know, since I was a kid. And like, I just didn't think I would be able to uh, conquer my stage fright enough to do it, which is an ongoing issue to this day. I was to say, day. what? I, I can't even imagine you having stage fright. Oh, so whatever you're do, doing, keep it up. We can yeah. do a whole podcast on stage fright. <laughs> Next ask, one. Ask Greg Warren about me and stage fright. Because that was, he, he booked me on a show one time um, at a really cool theater in Illinois. And I was so excited. I'm like, Greg, finally, he's, I got the call. Greg wants me to... <laughs> To host one of his shows. I'm Yay, like, Greg. I'm, <laughs> I'm joining the crew. It's going to be Greg and Tim Convy and Sean O'Brien and Angela Smith. Boy, that's what it's going to be. And, Angela Smith represents. Oh, my yes. God. And I love Greg. Um, he is very nice. He's an amazing mentor. And I will tell you, what you don't want to do before the headliner goes on, like before you go on, is tell the headliner you don't want to go on. And so I was like standing by the <laughs> curtains, like breathing into a bag because it was sold out in this theater. And like, this is How not. How many people were in there? A couple. It was probably a few hundred. Okay. Um, but I, there are certain moments where I just get so scared and so locked up. And I mean, I was there with friend. Like Tim is a friend of mine. Like Greg could not be more hospitable and yeah, nice. They're all you know, very like nice. they're very yeah. supportive. 
And I think that's why I was comfortable being like, I can't do it. I can't go on. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going on stage. I'm too scared. And like Greg Aww. is like, are you serious right now? <laughs> you know, it was just so funny. And they, they gave me their best versions of pep talks, but I still felt like I would die out there. Like it was so tough. Was but... that maybe just the biggest audience you had been in front of? Not or... even. Like I, oh, no, okay. it just, it, yeah. I mean, it's just a thing for you. It's a Which whole happens. thing. Like. Mm-hmm. And I could give you so many examples of it, but, like, I will feel like I am not inside of my body when I'm up there. Like, I will hear the words come out, like, two words after I say them. And so it's just your mind catching up to your performance. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's one of the reasons that I don't perform that much I don't blame you (laughs) I because I was a theater major and that happens is like when I used to do like straight plays you know sometimes you know you're performing in front of hundreds of people but that you I know exactly what you're saying where I went on stage once for a show and it's a very it was like a very passionate moment where I had to confront this like guy I was in love with you know the usual but the monologue was so like intense and I hate this is going to sound so theatrical but I, I walked off stage and I, I you suddenly just snap back into your body. Yeah. And you go, Oh, I, I was just out there and yep. this happened. And I was like I asked my, my best friend Dana was in the audience that night and she goes she goes, It was great. I was like, Was it? Because I don't remember anything yeah. happening. So I, I can actually relate to you on that. And it, it's nice because when you are but you know, what's really nice about our community in St. Louis is that everybody is mostly very supportive so Mm -hmm. the fact that you felt comfortable enough to tell I mean I know it was like Greg and Tim and Sean but the fact that you told them that they've probably been in the same situation obviously so it went you know the the set went fine it wasn't fantastic Mm -hmm. uh it's yeah so it's over and I'm you know I'm glad that it is but Anyway, back to human seizure Ella Fritz. Oh, yeah. So Get the, back to that. <laughs> <no>. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she was running a mic at this place called Ballantine's. It's no longer there. It was in Lafayette Square. I've heard of it. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was, like, so casual and so easy. And I had been writing, you know, three minutes for, you know, a month. Like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. And I went up and was super rehearsed. And I got laughs. And, boy, that first time out, everybody thinks they're good, I think. It's, because, like, they say it's her first time and people are supportive. Yeah. Nobody cares about your second time doing stand-up. That no. is, and any time after that, they just do not care. So it was really kind of an uphill struggle from there to just, like, keep showing up and, and trying different things. But it, I liked it enough that I stuck with it. And it is a community here. So it's like you make friends and they put you on shows. And, you know, it's a, it's a sad truth that being a female in comedy, you do get booked earlier in your career, I think, because we don't have as many female comics, you know, and they want to put, you know, a diverse lineup up. So I got a lot of opportunities, a lot of good opportunities right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. And so I just tried not to take those for granted and tried to keep working at it. I agree. But it's tough because I do work full time. And I know, yeah, you do too. And so Mm -hmm. you, I, boy, like when you talk about like who wants it the most, like I'm super honest about it. I'm like, I can't make comedy like my first priority. I wish that I could, but like my day job is tough and it's easily an eight to five job and I'm tired and I'm mm-hmm. old now, you know, I'm like 34, so I'm basically dead. Oh, wait, you're 34? Yeah. I didn't even realize that. I'm like, <laughs> you look so young. I was like, yeah. at least 30. So last least than four years. Yeah, Take no. those four years off. Your skin is glowing. Oh, good. <laughs> Fantastic. It shouldn't be. What's the amount of wine I drink? I'm like... Sometimes I'll do this challenge where I'm like, okay, you're not going to drink wine for two days and we're going to see if your face is less red. You know, like it's so funny. 
and such a problem and such a cry for help. I'm fine. No. Wine uh, and the meat parade. I love those. I know. Meat, meat and wine. That's We we live like Romans at my house. It's fine. <laughs> but no. Um, yeah. So I've just, I've made a lot of good friends and, uh, but I, I stay in the house a lot. So I don't do a ton of mics and just, try, yeah. I don't blame you. You know, and I, I have the ability to hustle and go to these mics because I work from seven to three. And then I kind of have like a break where I can go home and take like a nap for a hot Ooh, minute. that sounds nice. Exactly. I can't like, sometimes you can't because it's like, you know, there's life where you have to get the car worked on or like things are happening. But every once in a while, I'll go home and just take like a 20 minute nap, put on my timer and then I get up and I go and I, and I feel like, you know, at least for me being newer into comedy, like for me to kind of gain the material and the momentum that I want to gain, I have to keep going and networking. And it's, it's been very helpful, which is great. But I, I understand how it, it gets exhausting sometimes. Like sometimes I don't go to a mic for like a week and you, you're just like, you know what, I just need to be at home. I need to relax. So I, because otherwise, how am I supposed to perform if I'm dead, you know? Right. <laughs> like I just, so I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. What I also love about Angela, yes, like she's a great comedian, really good person. I What I love about her, though, is that she has this great obsession for Christmas yes. and Christmas movies, which I can relate to. Obviously, you can't see me, but I'm in like this green blazer and a red shirt, and I've got my Christmas socks on. She's and... actually wearing just a Christmas tree suit. It's like a costume. Yeah. It's three-dimensional. I don't know how she's sitting down. Exactly. But the star <laughs> on top is almost hitting the ceiling. <laughs> And it has working lights on it. So if you can just imagine Molly in that three-dimensional lighted Christmas yeah. tree. I wanted to win the great light fight. So there yeah. you go. I think you're the champion. I think I won. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I love how you – What? where did your obsession – because this is casually immersed in the holiday season. Where did your kind of like love for the holidays and Christmas – where did this all come from? Where My does it family. Start? You yeah. know, I have like – it's a non-traditional family. Like, my parents got divorced when I was 13, and they they kind of, they didn't like each other for a while after that, but then they became really good platonic friends. Like, my dad moved on, my mom moved on, and they put their differences behind them for us. But, like, even growing up, like, my mom was super into Valentine's Day. Like, if there was a holiday, so was mine. we decorated for it. We had St. Patrick's Day decorations yeah. up in the house. Easter, that's her Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> but my favorite used to be Valentine's Day because she would make me, like, a Valentine's gift every year and, like, get all these cutesy things. She still does. I'm 34. She still does this. So does mine. I'm 34. I still get two Easter baskets every year. Like... But I don't know um, when it changed, but my dad got super into Christmas Eve. I would, I'd say, let's call it 10 years ago. And he began, like, we have a small family. It's, I have um, one brother who's older, and that's it. Okay. Um, and my mom has since divorced from her other husband, so she's on her own. And then there was my dad and his girlfriend, Deb, who's awesome. And they, dad and Deb would just go nuts decorating the house. Like, they had this really small apartment starting out. And they'd cram, you know, seven of us into it, which was a lot for that apartment. My dad would cook like 30 people were coming over. And like he <laughs> yeah. he loved the home shopping network. He loved QVC. Yeah. So he would order a bunch of food, like frozen foods from QVC. Stop. So it started where like we started to have pot stickers every Christmas Eve because <laughs> they ran some deal on QVC and he'd buy yes. <laughs> literally a thousand pot stickers. Like it was nuts. And so it just got bigger and bigger. They moved into a bigger home. The decorations got bigger. The presents got bigger. Like everything just became about Christmas Eve. And so somewhere in there, 
I like my whole life I've been really I get really sad on Christmas Day because I'm like it's over like you know there's like this build up to Christmas and then Christmas is just kind of ugh. you're running like five different places you didn't get what you wanted like everyone's stressed or whatever so now I'm super obsessed with the season leading up to Christmas yes absolutely so I will start on November 1st like getting all my decorations out and getting everything planned I have a spreadsheet um (laughs) and the spreadsheet so like I don't know this I'm ready yeah the spreadsheet for me contains a tab for all of the holiday light displays that are around the St. Louis and Illinois area I rate them by like how many Christmas trees I think they deserve um what they cost all of that I've got that it's not just the professional ones it's also like neighborhood lights so like Dan's Emerald Forest in Overland is a must-see and like it's this this guy that puts up a big train display and he shows Elf on his house and stuff like it's bonkers it's great so all of that ranked uh, I update that every year <laughs> and then I have another tab for like everybody I need to shop for and gift ideas for them I have a tab of all the Christmas activities that I want to do so beyond the light displays like do I want to go ice skating do I want like what day do I want to bake cookies like what day are we gonna you know do the giving tree thing like just I kind of love this yeah I may need to do this next year it's really like I'm not that type a but it's because I don't want to miss any like I squeeze every last drop out of up until like December 24th like I think Christmas Eve is better than Christmas Day um like all the movies I want to watch and then of course the Hallmark Channel oh the Hallmark Channel Angela Smith is known for her love for the Hallmark Channel this year So it's the countdown to Christmas. I think it was the 10th anniversary of it. I don't know why. Like, people are like, we just don't get it. Like, the Hallmark Channel is stupid. Like, they're these saccharine, predictable, terrible movies. You always know it's a formula. And I'm like, exactly. Exactly. Like, right. I'm, that's like, I can fall asleep with it on. It's not going to give me a nightmare. Uh, they always get together in the end. Yeah. There's no, you feel no anxiety or tension mm-hmm. while watching that mindless crap. Oh, not at all. I feel so relaxed when I'm watching I know. the Christmas movie. And That's of course, like, like they're eye rolling stupid plots or whatever, oh, yeah. but I love them. Uh, yeah. I just love them. So I've watched a ton and I, I'm telling you in my life, I've probably watched a hundred Hallmark movies. I can maybe remember three of them. Sure. Like that's like. Yeah, there was the one with the guy. They're all this. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. Yeah. But I love them. And so uh, I always make time to watch that. This year, very exciting for me. For my day job, I worked with Hallmark Corporate on something not related to Christmas. They don't, I couldn't even like bring up my love for them. Like, oh my God. I didn't keep it professional. <laughs> like keep it profesh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of this promotion, they were like, hey, what's your address? We want to send you a gift. And I'm like, Hallmark, Hallmark is going to send me a gift, gift <laughs> at Christmas. And they did. They sent me like this countdown to Christmas mug. What? And, like That's Hallmark adorable. branded Republic of tea and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't want to open the tea. It's like a collector's item to me. I'm like, that came from the hallmark corporate office like (laughs) it's great so having a good season oh my god i love that yeah i don't know i mean people are really like surly about christmas and the holidays and i think it's whatever like there are going to be some people that never like it and that's fine like there are certain things i don't like um i don't really like saint patrick's day parades anymore like i don't like yeah i don't really do mardi gras i don't do like whatever but like if you come to my house during the christmas season you are going to have a good time because There's going to be a bad movie on. My house is decorated like I'm expecting people to come over. And it's just me, you <laughs> yeah. know? It's yeah. me and four pets. Like, it's great. Um, so it's very warm and it's very cozy. And I'm always making cookies. Like, 
it it is like something out of a movie at my house right now because it's like I have the gift wrap station. There's eggnog in the fridge. Like I have fresh grated nutmeg to put on top of things. Like, oh my god, it's I fun. love you. That's like I the only like. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the only effort I make all year. The rest of the year is just me coasting by. Like yeah. if there was like a metaphor for it's just me just like coasting by, getting by with the bare minimum, procrastinating, being lazy, and seeing like where I can get with it. Yeah, it looks like I work harder than I do. I don't. So anyway, so Christmas, though, I put a lot of effort into. Uh, see, and I, I can relate to you on that just because, like, my – see, my, my best friend loves St. Patrick's Day. Like, her – like, my Christmas, our Christmas is kind of, like, her St. Pat. But I can't I can't get into it. And, like, nothing against people who like that. But yeah. I just, like, there's some things, and I get it. And, you know, Mardi Gras, I went one year with my two sisters that came into town. And it was, like, so cold and so, like – I don't know. It just, it was fine, but it just wasn't for me. But yeah. there's something about, as I live in my artist loft up the street. Oh, me. those places are so cool. I've been in there once. It's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. Well, so I, I kind of fell into it. It was, uh, I was looking for a place to live and I just needed like a one bedroom. And this lady goes, well, I have one. And it was sold to me because it faces out into the city mm-hmm. and it's very pretty. Um, what I do with it though is that since it's a loft sometimes like you said it's like you do the bare minimum and you kind of everything kind of speaks for itself but it's great because I've got like the tree up and then I have these pipes so I put these like rainbow lights around the pipes and then I kind of have a like this wine holder thing so I wrap this uh like it's like a garland but it's got lights on it so I wrap it through at night yeah Yeah, so it looks but and that's a thing you're like people are like are you expecting anybody yeah like no just just me. I'm so sad to see the decoration because <laughs> I'm also like when Christmas is over, Christmas is over. I yeah. am not keeping my tree up until February. Like that makes me so uncomfortable. So <laughs> yes. I will leave things up. It actually kills me to leave them up through January 1st, oh. but I will do it. But on mm-hmm. January 1st, everything yeah, comes January down. January 1st is when I when my lights are out. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I, goodbye. Because <laughs> I'm like sad about it. I'm like mourning that Christmas is over. I'm like, all right, that's it. I don't want to look at anything. Like just put it all back in the cupboard. And As it's kind of sad. Yeah. I get super depressed and my friends always laugh at me. Like I, I don't know. when my What I did this year was that I had my parents come to St. Louis for Thanksgiving because I had to work during the day. And what I did, I had all the Christmas decorations up and then my parents were basically my dinner guests and I made them dinner. I bet they were super impressed. Oh, they were. And then they put on, uh, speaking of Christmas movies, they put on that new Vanessa Hudgens movie on Netflix called A Knight's Tale. Oh, yeah. I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. And my dad was like updating me. He's like, oh, you know. She gave him the keys to her car because, you know, a 13th century guy can drive an SUV. Like, you know, like, all the plot holes and stuff. Like, all the plot holes. Like, and my mom goes, oh, no, he crashed. And I'm just, like, back there cooking, just like, (laughs) well, Merry Christmas to me, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. But it's, uh, it it was great because my parents were, I, you know, it's kind of what you talked about. Like, we have a blended family where my parents are both previously married before they married each other. Okay. So... I have the Italian side. Oh my gosh, I, yeah. Exactly. And then I got the Ambergies. Yep. So you kind of have to balance everything out for, you know, seeing everybody and doing everything. And I know a lot of people, and some people aren't into the holidays, and that's 110% fine. Like, do your own thing. But for us, like, we don't have a huge family, but the immediate family that we have is precious. So we yeah. have to kind of make sure that we have the time to see each other and be together and we usually do like a party on Christmas and I just spend Christmas Eve with my parents 
Yeah. And then this year I'm doing a, a comedy show. It was Spark Tabor. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, Spark's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's he's actually from Cincinnati. Okay. And yeah, he's So are you doing going a, to Cincinnati or are mm-hmm. you? Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm going to go on the 23rd. I'm going to fly down or not fly, meaning I'm going to speed my car down the highway yeah. <laughs> to get home. And then uh, my family's coming to see me in, uh, it's called Holiday Haha's. if anybody's interested, 7.30 at Go Bananas. And, oh, it's at Go Bananas? That's mm-hmm. going to be a fun show. It, it, it is. And it, it's kind of cool this year because some of my family at home, that's the one thing that kind of sucks is that they don't always get to see me do comedy mm-hmm. and they're always like following everything through Facebook. So I'm like, not that Facebook and Instagram aren't good, you know, sources of people viewing you but it's kind of funny now comedy is kind of seeped into there I'm like man comedy comedy in real life and comedy on stage yeah you know it's it's pretty it's fun I'm excited but yeah that's usually what we do every year is go back to Cincinnati so that'll be fine I yeah can't be good you know? I have to go f- I think I have to go four or five different places on Christmas day and I'm <laughs> I'm angry about it like I've hit an age we're like, well, first of all, here's when I knew that I was like not in my 20s anymore. It wasn't because I had like a bad hangover or something or like I couldn't stay up past 10 o'clock, which I can't. It was <laughs> I walked Same. into a Cracker Barrel for breakfast for the first time in like five years or whatever. And I wanted to buy everything in the Cracker Barrel store. Oh, yeah. I know. I, like the, uh, it, the ugliest stuff. It's right? so, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a burlap and glitter and ribbon and stuff. I'm like, I have to have it. There was um, a, a like an animated animatronic snowman that climbs a ladder. That's adorable. And it leans into your Christmas tree. So it looks like it's climbing up. It was $100. Oh. And I had to talk myself out, out of, of not it. spending $100. I almost, put, <laughs> I almost put an animatronic ladder climbing snowman at Cracker Barrel on a credit card. <laughs> Because when I saw it, I started crying because I wanted it so much. <laughs> and I was like, that's when I knew. I'm like, boy, you're hitting a whole new age. It's a yeah. whole new era of Angela. And so um, the thought of not just sitting in my house under a blanket, eating cookies and watching movies and stuff and drinking Baileys and going five places is like more than I can handle this oh, yeah. year. I'm like, I'm old. My bones are creaky. Oh, like, yeah. I have carpal tunnel. Like, <laughs> You know, my cat's 100 years old. I was going to say, how many animals do you have? At the time of this recording, four. At the time of this recording, (laughs) we'll see what happens later. That number could always increase. We'll see what 2020 brings. We might do a trade. I don't know. I want to do a white elephant and trade one of my dogs for like two cats somewhere. (laughs) And that's what I want to do. No, I have four. I have two cats. I have two dogs. Everyone's old. Like they range in age from nine to 15 yeah. And so they are not young pets. Uh, so I like to just like hang out with them and have the tree on and stuff. But I have to go. I'm taking – so this is going to be our first family Christmas since my dad passed away. And he passed away in June. And, again, he was Captain Christmas. Yeah. So we're like, what can we do that's not super sad? Can, like we're not going to – we used to spend every Christmas Eve at his house. And right. We're like, well, we're not going to do that this year. You right. know, let's do something different. So I booked um, a couple rooms at this place in Kansas City called Great Wolf Lodge. Oh, yeah. I know where that is. Yeah. yeah. So I've never been, but I've got um, two young nephews and a young niece. And my brother lives out in Kansas City with his wife. So it's like, let's not go to anyone's house. And yeah. then no one has to clean up. So we're going out there the 23rd through the 25th, like the early morning of the 25th. Um, so I can come back and do my five Christmases of pure hell or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to that because I'm going to take like a little, I bought a mini Christmas tree to put in the room and I'm going to decorate it like on the 23rd overnight. That sounds awesome. I brought milk yeah. and cookies for Santa and we're going to like hide all their gifts and stuff and they're going to get to swim in December and 
So that's going to be really, really fun. I, I mean, think. the kids are going to love that. Yeah. Like, and that's a thing. I feel like what's interesting about the holidays is that, you know, we all see, obviously, we love our Christmas movies. Angela and I have said that. But sometimes it doesn't always have to be, because my parents are getting older and we, yeah. like, they're in their 70s. And, you know, eventually at some point, like, we're not going to be able to go to, like, just Cincinnati and go to the house right. and stuff. So that's why it's so precious right now oh, to yeah. do that. But I know that in the future, because of my love for Christmas, I'm probably going to have to take over. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, here, you know, let me. But um, why I say that is, like, sometimes you don't always have to have that traditional, like, cookie cutter look to make. No way. The holidays. I feel like that's what sometimes, not to get too deep here, but I feel like that's what kind of deters people from the holidays. They're like, oh, it's there's an expectation yeah. or there's a desire. And I'm kind of like, well, fuck that. Like, you know, you can do your own thing for the holidays if you want. Like, yeah. with a Great Wolf Lodge. I think that's a great idea. Or a Great Wolf Lodge or mm -hmm. even, like, I think we would have gone anywhere. Like, we yeah. would have gone to a, excuse me, we would have gone to, like, a Denny's. Like, it doesn't. Absolutely. Because yes. I realize it's a it's a privilege to have Great Wolf Lodge money right now. <laughs> so I'm like. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I got a Groupon. But no, I, I don't Groupon's know. everything, so. Christmas is also, like, holidays, I should say. Holidays are hard for people, especially, like, in times of loss and grief and Absolutely. stuff. And I think about this right now, especially because my dad passed in June, and yeah. then my grandpa, his dad passed a, a month ago. So yeah. it's been a rough year for us. And, like, yeah. I was super close to both of them, and people are like, I can't believe you're even celebrating Christmas. I, I would just stay home. And I'm like, well, like, it actually makes me feel closer to them. Like exactly. by, by pushing through and still doing all the crazy stuff that I like to do because they loved it. They loved that I loved it. And so I think that's a tough one too. It's like, you know, a lot of people are going through a lot of different stuff, whether it's grief or job loss or, you know, relationship problems or they just don't like their family. Yeah. And it's okay. Like you don't have to pretend to like your family. Not at all. Um, just for the holidays. But like do something for you. Like do something that honors like whatever it is you like to celebrate. At least take a couple days and relax. Is what, that's, that's the nice part about the yeah. holidays. It's like unless you have like a bunch of kids under five, which I do not. Uh, Same. <laughs> me, me neither. I, I sympathize there. But no, uh, I, I just think that they are what you make it. So absolutely. It, I'm on the same page. They are what you make it. No need to feel expected to do anything. Just do any, so, do something that makes you happy. It's just like what Angela talked about. Take time, take time of your day to relax. Like if you're off and you from work and you're like, man, all I've been doing is working. Take, that's what I do. I'm like, I, that's what I'll literally be doing when I'm home. Yeah. I'm just going to be relaxing with the dog being like, no, I get low key drunk. Um, that's yeah. what I like to do because my mom doesn't drink and she hasn't since I was like three. So it's kind of frowned upon. Like, I come from a family of teetotalers. Yeah. Um, luckily, my boyfriend's family likes to party. Yeah. But when I have to get, like, I'll usually just bring a flask or, like, uh, I'll just, you know, nip a bottle of wine or something, which uh, I don't care if what you think about that. <laughs> no. That helps me get through the dang day. Oh, my God. No, trust me. I opened up, like, a cheap bottle of sangria from Quick Trip the other day. Yeah. And I put it on ice. And I, I, oh, felt, yeah. I felt super fancy, but, you know. I'm on a good. champagne kick right now. And I'm really? talking cheap champagne. I'm talking Asti whatever um <laughs> as anything but this pomanti so the brute or whatever i'm telling you that three dollar bottle of brute champagne tastes just as good as the 18 dollar bottle of prosecco in the cold sounds case. good and I'm, I'm telling you it feels like a little luxury you yes just, uh you're always celebrating when there's bubbles oh you know? <laughs> exactly there's always a fight like undoubtedly there will be a fight with my mom on christmas too like i love my mom she is italian oh so she is mine. Is, yes yeah. she so she's actually um born like her dad is greek was greek so she looks like this little greek woman um and she makes really good greek food but she was adopted by an italian family gotcha she is the loudest person 
in any room and she has a temper <laughs> and she still thinks it's okay to say Italian slurs. And oh my stuff. God, really? That's oh, wow. She's not <laughs> she is so funny without trying. But one, <laughs> every year there's a fight over like how many Christmas gifts did she get versus how many I got for my dad's girlfriend or like. <laughs> One year she threw, she has an artificial tree and she was throwing tree branches from it. Like she was pulling out the tree and throwing branches. And she doesn't drink. So I'm yeah. like, what is your excuse? Like what is happening? <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to whatever that's going to be. Um, but yeah, that's one more reason to just keep a bottle of hooch in your car. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> be like, I'll just put it in this coffee cup. Yeah. Uh, Angela, do you have a like a crazy holiday season story that kind of happened to you at one point? Everybody always talks about them. So I don't know if you have one. Oh, man. On the spot, I just feel like the holidays themselves are just crazy. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, I don't know. I'd have to think on that. I mean, the ones that you told me were great. So yeah, the I ones mean, are here. yeah, you got mom throwing branches and stuff. I'm trying to remember Christmases growing up. Yeah, but Christmas didn't get fun for our family until my parents got divorced. Because like before that, it's just like <laughs> they didn't like each other. Yeah, my dad loved to spend money because he made it. Yeah, and my mom did not like spending money. So it was always like <laughs> my dad would go out and like either get extra gifts and not tell her. And give them to the kids or like she would just watch begrudgingly as I opened like the hottest toy of this seat, like the yeah. Furby or whatever that he definitely bought on the remember black market. Remember those yeah. Furbies. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what is, can you remember like the most exciting Christmas gift you ever got? The most exciting? Or I like know. just the one that you really reacted to growing up? One? Oh my gosh. There was a Barbie was like a huge thing, obviously, but I didn't, Barbie, the Barbie doll itself didn't really affect me as much, yeah. but there was this really cool like pink Barbie card that was like glitter that I wanted. And I just remember being like, oh, it looks so cool. Like I really, I really, I remember, and it was like, I don't know, it was like super little and I opened it up. I was like, it was the Barbie car, but I didn't put my Barbies in it. I put like my bears and my like little toys. So they all went and had fun, but it was uh it was like it, it was something so legit like that like this is obviously before iPads and electronics yeah. were things so getting like a barbie car it was it it was it was i you can't see it but it was like this kind of width in between my hands being from like one side to the other here and it looked like an actual car it was crazy i was just like oh my god i couldn't ride in it but you wish sure you could. Yeah. I wish I could. It was a pink convertible too. So Do you remember those commercials growing up where they finally started making the Barbie cars that we could fit in? And yes. like by that point, my parents were like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never had one of those. My parents no. were like, why would we do this? You're yeah. older now and you could crash this somewhere. So yeah. no, thank you. I remember one Christmas over at my aunt's house. It was the year that Furbies were the hottest toy. Yeah. And I didn't want one. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. I was like, that's stupid. I don't know why people are going so crazy over these things. But you always kind of want one a little bit because everybody wants it well, so much. Yeah. And I unwrapped it and it was a Furby. And it was so unexpected because <laughs> like that you couldn't find them anywhere. And people were paying hundreds of dollars for them. And so just by seeing it and knowing that it was in my possession, I reacted so crazy. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's a Furby. I was like dancing around. I was running laps around the house <laughs> and like, you know, like hoisting it in the air and stuff. I might as well have spiked it, you know, yeah. like it was 
over the top. And uh, that was, I think, the biggest reaction that I've ever had to a gift. Yeah. Now that I'm older, my favorite thing to get, um, besides scented candles, I don't know why people dog on getting scented candles so much. These oh, are yeah. always like the joke on SNL where it's like, hey, when you don't think anything of someone, give them a candle. Like, with that, are you talking about the one that's like the sketch where they're like, oh, I had a candle in my car. Yeah. I'm yep. going to give it to you. Yes. <laughs> um, like, maybe I don't want the peach candle or whatever. Oh, but yeah. You gave me one of those three wick candles from yeah. Bath and Body Works or whatever. Yes. You did good. Yeah. And I, I love that. So I like scented candles, Christmas decorations, and being given stuff that my mom doesn't want around the house anymore. <laughs> so like the decorations she used to put up that I loved the most as a kid, she's just been repackaging those and giving them to me. Stop. And I love it because I'm like, now they're mine. Like my Christmas <laughs> empire is almost complete. It's cr- I kind of love that too where it's like, you know, somebody got me, um, oh, my friend Gabby, shout out to Gabby. She gave me this really cute mug for Christmas and it's like a – like a Christmas boot mm-hmm. and it says Merry Christmas on it with the little holly and then there's like a little and it's like handmade which is kind of cool and there's like a little um like a red holder for it and I I looked through I was like for somebody who likes Christmas I was like I don't even have a Christmas mug like what is wrong with me and then get, but it was cool I got to drink my tea out of it this morning and you just like goes into the boot it's it's adorable. So I, I prefer, I know every people always dog on too. They're like, oh, like another coffee mug or something. I know. And I'm like, please hit me up with the candles. Hit me up with the mugs. Yeah. I'm an easy girl to please. You I give don't me care. Wine, coffee, chocolate, wine glasses, coffee mugs, yeah. anything with Christmas, anything on yeah. it. You're going to be fine. Right. Like I'm not going to. I had a white elephant party. Oh, here. So you can have, so my Barbie car, but the reaction as this is, that's what's kind of crazy as a child. You're like, oh my God, a Barbie car. And then you get two wine glasses when you're older that are stemless that say cheer and joy with <laughs> yep. Christmas. You're like, oh my God, I can't wait to use these. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I like, understand. Fantastic. Oh, what a change. Yeah. But you know, sounds good to me. Now, Angela, do you have, speaking of like holidays, do you have any shows coming up before the holidays, after the holidays? I do. Okay. I have to think in my brain. I think I only have one show left before I move. Um, I know. We have to talk about that. Yes. So let me double check. I know that I am on Max Price's new showcase at Alpha Brewing Company, which is uh, not far from here. I think Mm -hmm. it's over on Washington Avenue. Yep. And that's on January 10th, so a Friday night show. And I'm excited to do that one um, because Max runs great shows and he has endless enthusiasm for promotion and stuff. And it's It's true. Seriously, like I don't even mean that sarcastically for once. Mm -hmm. Like he. he For once. For (laughs) once. He does a great job. He gets butts and seats and. um, Max Price does do a good job. And he's funny. And he's fun. I always hate to admit that he's funny, but Max is funny, you guys. You should like Max Price. He's all right. He's fine. He's a good friend. (laughs) He's He's a a great guy. So I know I'm on that one. So that's on January 10th. Yeah. Cool. That's. I think that's fine. I think that's all I'm doing. We just did the big St. Louis Independent Comedy Holiday Show. Yes. How did that go? I was sick, so I couldn't go. But how did it go? It it was great. It was good. Um, It was my third year hosting it. And Aaron Sawyer is like my comedy partner in crime on some things. And so every year he disrupts the opening somehow. And it just gets funnier and funnier every year. This year, we tried to set it as it was like a Hallmark movie. So like St. Louis Independent Comedy presents like A Dream is a Wish the Heart Makes, uh, (laughs) Christmas Cheer Part 3, you know, blah, 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 a Hallmark original. And so I set it up as like I'm decorating the stage for Christmas. And uh, then all of a sudden, like I make a wish on an ornament that I won't be alone for Christmas. And then Aaron comes out and... It's always the gag is that I hate Aaron. And so I was like, no, <laughs> fuck no, I get out of here right now. And 
it was you had to be there but like we always we keep escalating it and like so between like so we open and then there were 12 different acts so um all of like a lot of people from st louis comedy participated like kenny kines um did a monologue that was so funny um elizabeth bird did some really cool music stuff like so there was music there were powerpoint funny powerpoints that jeremy helwig did striker spurlock did a crazy thing about justifying kissing your cousin like (laughs) you know as only striker can do um chad wallace oh my gosh uh he did a kanye-esque rap about christmas and it was so good and he put a lot of effort into it so it was just cool like um, Chris Sear produces that show and he always tries to treat it like the comics Christmas party. Like yeah. even if there's no one in the audience, like it's still Whatever. fun. And we raised money for United Way. So that was good. We made like a hundred bucks for hundred neediest cases, which is an awesome cause. Um, but at the end of it, Aaron comes back trying to win my love and, um, <laughs> you know, I reject him again and then he comes back out and he fake vomits on me. So he's really great at props and stuff. Um, cause nice. he has to do that for his show Boondoggle. And he made fake puke with grenadine, orange juice, and Sprite. And just had a mouthful of it and spit it directly in my face. <laughs> and it's like, I knew that he was planning to do something. I didn't know that he was going to hit me in the face, face with it. Yeah. And so I'm like all cute. I'm in a gingerbread dress and tights. And I'm all cute. I got my Santa hat on, you know. And then he just blows fake vomit in my face. It catches me <laughs> off guard. And I legitimately fell down like my leg was caught in the microphone cord and I recoiled (laughs) and just fell over and took the whole mic stand with me and it looked like it was planned it was but that's always the best when it looks like it's planned it was so slapstick and so silly and so funny and um so that was a fun show hopefully it'll happen again next year I don't know we keep testing the limits of the heavy anchor and how much we trash the stage. <laughs> shout so, out to the heavy. Shout anchor. out to Josh and Jody at the heavy anchor for letting us do our thing. I was about to yeah. say they 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 have been through thick and thin with the comedy world. So <laughs> I uh, I am I am always so appreciative to them. They're and they're great. also looking for new events. So if you want to perform at the heavy anchor or bring your uh, your show there, let them know for sure. Uh, what I'll ask you, Angela, um, for people who are going through the holidays or pursuing comedy, we always mm-hmm. kind of have like a uh, advice note at the end from our guests. What 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 piece of advice would you give somebody during the holiday season or even in, if they want to pursue comedy? What would you tell them? Um, for comedy, just quit while you're ahead. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, it's like a gang that you can't get out of. Truth. Uh, <laughs> Truth. <how> I, <laughs> that is how I describe comedy because I am like – I am a grumpy curmudgeon a lot of times because I'm tired and like, you know, it's fine. But uh, once you get the ball rolling and you start going to mics and you start getting booked on shows, people will continue to ask you to do shows and you don't want to say no to them. So you're like, yeah, yeah. And then it'll be like 11 p.m. on a Thursday night and you'll be so mad. Mm -hmm. You're like, I just want to be at home watching TV. Like, why did I agree to this? Um, I think I'm in the minority on that. Everyone that I talk to about doing comedy, they're like, what are you talking about? I love it. I would perform in a gas station at three in the morning. I just love being on stage so much. And <laughs> gas station I love grinding and I love doing <laughs> comedy. And like, that's how Charlie, my boyfriend's like that. He yeah. will, he loves to perform and he's so good at it and he's so funny. 
And I'm so jealous of his enthusiasm after 10 years for it because mm-hmm. I've been in it for like three years and I'm like, I'm ready to retire. <laughs> I know. Charlie, Charlie Winfrey is fantastic. Yeah. Though. If you and have I, a chance to see Charlie Winfrey. He, not because you're sitting right here and you're no. his girlfriend, but I, when I first saw Charlie, what I liked about him is how relaxed he is on stage. Oh, yeah. Like, I love how he just will be like, ha ha. Like just like do that like laugh. Himself up so much that you can't help but laugh with him. Exactly. But he is genuinely funny. He doesn't write. Um, He doesn't. He doesn't. He'll get an idea for something and then just go on stage and spitball it. And which people, some people can do. Yeah. He is really good at that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really respect that. But um, I will say, like, once the ball gets rolling and you're in it, like you're in it unless you put the brakes on and like apparently everyone has to announce their retirement from comedy on social media. They do. Yeah. You won't see me doing that i will be taking a step back from stand-up because i'm moving for work um and honestly i'm not also if you want to do comedy you don't just have to do stand-up i guess that is the other yeah there are so many different ways to be funny and so like for me personally i'm still trying to understand if that's stand-up for me because i like writing and i like i love podcasting and stuff like i love the back and forth and the banter so for me i'm looking a little more into podcasting right now and what that might look like for me um, but you know, there's so many different ways that you can get involved in comedy, especially in St. Louis. We have a very welcoming scene, so you can try an open mic or you can take classes at the improv shop and do improv. There are still some sketch groups. Um, they're mostly based through the improv shop, but like you can do sketch, stand up, you can do whatever, you can write for a show, you can, you know, there's a lot of different ways to try it. So I agree. If, if you think you want to do it, just do it. Like otherwise someone else out there is starting it and they're going to do it they're gonna do it yeah Yeah. oh i understand i mean look i have a podcast now and here we are in the midcoast studios so i understand you get the ball rolling also if you want to do stand up write jokes please for god's sakes like write jokes like (laughs) don't just get up there and talk yeah write jokes oh yeah i think that is one of the reasons i liked you molly was because like i'm such a curmudgeon like, one time somebody told me that Angela compliments are, like, Wonka golden tickets. It's like I only have four It did feel year. like a golden ticket when you first <laughs> met me, so I, I appreciate like, it. I was like, first of all, you're assigning a level of importance to my opinion that shouldn't exist. Aww. But second, like, it's kind of like I probably say four nice things a year to people in comedy. Oh, so I got like, one of the four. I know. I was like, here you go. It's like because you were working at it and you actually had jokes and, like, I said the same thing to Danny Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like she's great and I love Danny. Um, yeah. She writes and she works at it. It's like if I can see that you're like actually trying to get to a punchline and that you have like a story to tell, like I'm gonna listen to you, I'm gonna come see you, I'm gonna support you, rather than you're just getting up there and like doing whatever. And, oh yeah. I don't blame you because I hate it too. Like I you know, and this is probably so this is where we've talked about this in a couple of podcast episodes before we even were in the fancy studios. We used to be in something called the murder basement, which was Ooh. just, re- oh yeah, very, it's where Hallmark movies end and Lifetime movies, movies begin. begin. <laughs> that was it. It was uh, the very like first start. I had like my laptop and I bought like a fancy microphone from Micro Center and I plug it in and like thanks to like all the comedians and people <laughs> who like, like Ronaldo Mercado and JB Buchanan, like there were people who were like, yeah, let's give this girl a chance. Even if she's taking me to a murder basement, right. I'm going to record with her. It's going to be great. I, uh, and everybody was so, they're like, don't worry. Someday you're going to be in a studio. Someday you're going to just, just keep trying this out first. But uh, basically I live in the artist lofts, right? And their recording rooms, I was like, oh, they have recording rooms. Like, this is great. 
Well, you go downstairs, and uh, this is no reflection of the Metropolitan Artist Lofts, but <laughs> this is just an opinion piece here. But you go to the parking lot of the basement. So everybody that goes down, it's like they feel like they're going to be, and that's when I had like serious brown bangs and Get Out <laughs> had happened. So he's like, man, like in a, I'm like, not to make you feel like you're in the movie Get Out, but here we are. <laughs> like, I'm going to murder you. It's fine. But you once you get into the recording rooms, it's fine. But just to get there, it's like a Law & Order SVU episode. You're like, are there victims? And then since we're all artists in this building, people have like clothes and like random assortment things just like out in the cement parking lot mm-hmm. and you're just like oh it, it just looks super sketchy so now it's like a little bit more professional to come and sit down but it's nice now i can look at photos of uh i don't know people on the wall <laughs> we can look at chris denman yeah we're looking and- at chris denman and <laughs> travis terrell I mean, that's what I traded the murder basement for Chris and Travis's faces. It's fine. Yeah. You're probably equally unsafe here. Uh, Um, Equally unsafe. Looking at Denman's expression in that photo, (laughs) I would say put a napkin over your drink for sure. I'm down. You know, Mia Jackson's up there. Yep. Like it. But why, why I'm bringing this up about the murder basement is like, you know, when you go to, what I really hate was when people do open mics. You know, my first open mic was rough. And like, you know how you were like, everybody cares about your first time. No one gave a shit oh, no. about my Where first time. Where was your time. first open mic? My first open mic was actually in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. And it was for- Different a ch- scene. Different yeah. scene. was a charity show. And my friend was like, you're so funny. You should do this. And I really like, I did take a notebook and write some stuff out to make it. And like, it was fine. It was like, you know, it was cute. Like, and they did like, what they did for the charity function was that you had tip jars for the comedians that you liked. Well, I ended up winning. Oh, Which wow. was cool. I was like- and, you know, you don't get the money, obviously. It goes to charity, which was fine. And, you know, I was like, but I still didn't feel like it was a strong set mm-hmm. at all. I think that it was like, oh, she just has a fun personality compared to some of these people. Yeah. Like, because even though these people were good, it wasn't that, you know, we, we were also there for charity. So some people were probably in my position, too, where they're like, I never do this. Yeah. So when I started doing it more... I, I started learning more from the improv shop, which mm-hmm. was great. They were wonderful. And then Helium ended up being, because Julie, Julie Glass, she was there. She she was always very supportive. And now Ryan and Michael are good people. Um, but yeah, I just definitely go in there with jokes, as like Angela said, just because I hate being unprepared. And I hate seeing other people when they're like, so my friends are here. And I'm like, you know who only cares about that? Your friends. You and your friends. Yeah. Like, because you know they don't have anything. So, but I, I appreciate that. Not to get a rampage about the murder basement. Uh, now for the holidays, what what kind of uh, token that you want to take from this for your holiday season, casually immersed? <laughs> I think we kind of, it's like, make them what you will, you know? Like, that's that's how I feel about yeah. the holidays. That's how kind of how I feel about life in general, where it's like, you don't have to do what a movie tells you to do. Like, you can yeah. just make your own fun and do something, like, even if it's only for an hour that, um, you know, is fun for you. And take a walk or walk your dog or, you know, pound a bottle of champagne in the parking lot, um, you know, write a Christmas card to somebody and burn it. Like, there are just so many... <laughs> fun activities that you can do all by yourself you know um look up your ex-boyfriends and make sure that they've gotten um worse (laughs) since you left them um with a couple of exceptions uh yeah you know make sure that their new girlfriend's not as pretty as you um (laughs) those are some things that i would just say you could do it doesn't cost a dime i love it yeah Right. I was about to say, that's probably the best entertainment. So. Yeah. Yeah. Watching somebody else fail when your light leaves their life is really the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that's that's what I want you kids to hang on to is uh, eat that extra cookie, you know, 
Oh, I plan on it. You know, have that extra little nip of eggnog and uh, just sit back and bask in your success versus the failure of everyone else. Absolutely. (laughs) Just remember, you are better than everyone. (laughs) It's not you. It's them. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's definitely, it is not me. That's... That may be the name of my podcast when it comes out. It's not me. It's not me. Okay. It wasn't me. It's just going to be me laying into other people for why they're terrible. I'm actually ready for that. I can't wait to be driving. I'll be like driving somewhere. I'm going to just hear Angelo like laying it in on somebody. Yes. And I'll be like... What's funny about Angela too, and then I'll I'll head out of here. But it's uh it's always funny because she'll say things and like she's like oh I'm such a grumpy cr- what did you call yourself curmudgeon curmudgeon and I'm like I'm kind of on board so <laughs> I like I am it's not uh, all sunshine and puppy dogs I'm you there know? you can't trust me and this is coming from a pretty social happy person sometimes it's just not well thank you so much for listening to the casually molly podcast please make sure that you casually review subscribe stream all of the things on spotify itunes your apple podcast app google play and podbean we have an episode that comes out every sunday except for next week because it is the holiday season and i will not be here uh but stay stay tuned in january our 2020 guests are going to be local comedians rich braun and tom shelton and we are be talking about casually laughing and living out loud yes we threw a credit over to ed sheeran so uh angela what are you going to casually do now oh i'm going to casually go home and wrap gifts and try not to drop kick one like i did over this previous week so <laughs> i got frustrated wrapping i did drop kick a present into a lamp and then ripped all the wrapping paper off of it and did spike it into the ground. I have <laughs> anger management problems. <laughs> Happy holidays. That's what I will be doing. Yeah, I, I can't top that. So I'm going to casually just leave because I don't have to casually work today. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>